Hello, and welcome to Successful, Single, and Not Willing to Settle, the podcast, where we show amazing women how to attract the perfect partner for them by embracing and showcasing their authenticity. Settle the podcast, and today I have a special guest. We're here with Allison Brown. She's a wealth empowerment coach and a real estate investor, as well as a wife, a mom, and a controller for a civil engineering firm. She has always been interested in learning about money, how to manage it, and more recently, how to make her money work for her and create more of it herself. So for 20 years, she's been a personal student of money and wealth creation. And since 2015, She has semi-actively learned about real estate investing and how to create a portfolio of cash-producing assets. Then since 2019, she's been actively educating herself on how to create and manage cash flow, positive investments through syndication. Her passion is to help other women become empowered around money and wealth creation. She passionately believes that every woman should confidently be able to call herself a wealthy woman and truly believe it. Hi, Allison. Thanks for coming. Hello. Thank you for having me, Amy. I'm delighted to be here. So I guess I should start off with, guys. So what we're doing is we are starting a series where we're having these guests come on, and it's all about women who work with women and empower women. And today... We are having Allison come on talking to us about, yeah, we're going to talk about dating and we're going to talk about relationships, but we're also talking about relationships with money and what kind of relationship we need to have with money um, and what kind of relationship women have with money going into relationships and how that affects our relationships. So Allison, can you tell us a little bit? I know I just, you know, gave a little blurb about you, but in your own words, a little bit about who you are and what you do. Sure, sure. I sure can. Um, Like my bio said, like you read, I've always been interested in learning about managing money. And earlier on in my young 20s, I just thought that meant figure out how to budget. So I spent years doing that. I still do that. I still think that's super important. Um, But until recently, I didn't realize there are many other parts that I was kind of neglecting. And yes, you need to manage the money you have. And people have probably all heard, like, don't, you know, spend more than you make. Like, you know, it's really, it's really simple. Um, But there's a mindset piece to that. There's, um, yeah, how do you deal with it? One, on your own, how do you feel about money? Maybe what baggage you have about money. And then there's the little fun added complication of if you get into a relationship, you are going to have to manage your money in a relationship, in a marriage, in a partnership, whatever that may be. So that kind of, as my uh, learning has progressed and as I got married and and started managing finances with a team member, um, that looked a little different. So it just, the, the way my journey worked out is I realized probably about two years ago that I had, um, yeah, some interesting beliefs around money that weren't necessarily true. And as I started to unpack those and deal with those and surround myself with men and women that could encourage me to um, look why I was believing what I was believing. All this stuff kind of came to place early this year. And I thought, um, I'm really passionate about this. I, for single women, for divorced women, for married women, for young women, for old women, everybody needs 
um, to, to address the mindset side and the practical like budgeting side. So it, they kind of go hand in hand. That's so interesting because we talk about that um, with women that when, you, when you're talking about mindset. So like when you're saying this kind of like controlling, like, oh, how much do I have? And it needs to know how much I have all the time. And I can't spend more than I have. That feels a lot of what we talk about with the scarcity mindset, right? So this like fear of, I, I, I don't know where it's, I, I need to know exactly where it's coming from and I'm never going to have enough, you know? Um, and we talk about that with dating that like you, if you have a scarcity mindset, then you tend to, um, try to like lock down a relationship preemptively and you tend to, um, you tend to end up with somebody who, isn't exactly who you want. It's you tend to shoot lower, you know, because you are afraid of shooting too high and ending up with nothing. Right. Exactly. Um, we, we talk about like, we give the analogy of like going um, shopping, like before a storm and like you need apples and there are like three apples on the shelf. So you're like, you're picking up an apple and you're like brushing off the apple and like trying to ignore like the, you know, the bruises on the apple, as opposed to when you go right after the truck has come in and dropped off like the new shipment of apples where you like get to like kind of, you know, slowly go through the store and pick up your apples and like decide which type you want and which ones you want and that you want kind of that piece when you're dating, like peace, not, not P I E C E, like the peace P E A C E when you're dating. And, and when you're so budget um, tight that it feels like almost like choking, you know, and that when you have that flow, I know when we first connected, you were talking about how your husband like had this thing of this idea of like being willing to like dip into some debt, you know, and like, giving that freedom there with your funds. Like, I feel like that, that mindset shift gives you that flow. So can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, for sure. For sure. I think the scarcity mindset obviously applies to so many things, love, money, um, just going out in the world. And if you're coming, if you're coming, like you said, with that graspy energy that like never enough, um, you're gonna, you're gonna be projecting that. So you're probably going to be attracting that, unfortunately. And that's the same thing. I actually wrote a piece for, um, ladies that I talk to regularly in my Facebook group about, let's talk about money and let's pretend we're talking about our partner and how we feel about money. And you're, some of the things we say around money are, I never have enough. Um, it doesn't do as much for me as I would like it to. Um, I gave some other examples, but now just think like, that's what you're saying about your partner, like your flesh and blood, you know, partner, like they're never enough for me. They don't do enough for me. Um, I deserve more of them, more of their time. So they're very parallel in my mind. And yes, I, my husband and I were very similar. I do think you need to talk about money and dating, um, and in relationships, the sooner, the better, it can be awkward, but you do want to make sure you're somewhat on the same page. Um, because money is a huge 
reason a lot of people don't make it in a relationship or a marriage. Um, but that doesn't mean that my husband and I are like, oh my gosh, we are exactly the same person. We think exactly the same way, but you have to find your communication style. Um, he definitely was more educated and more comfortable with debt, but that's because when I met him, he was in residential mortgage lending. That's what he did. Um, and most people are very aware that you usually have to go into debt to buy a house, a mortgage. That's like assumed. Um, but other people are uncomfortable other kinds of debt. And there's good debt and there's bad debt and there's way that you can use um, debt to your advantage. Hi guys, it's Amy. It's time for a sponsor break. We'll be back very, very shortly. See you then. Yes, okay. I can. So you were saying your husband was more comfortable with debt because yes, he was more comfortable with debt because that's part of what he did for a living. And mm -hmm. um, you know, since I met him, he's actually moved on more into the commercial side of uh, lending, which is still using using debt to you know buy an office building or buy a multifamily apartment complex. Like um, there you know, know who you are and know like, Hey, if you are in the firmly in the camp of like, Hey, debt is like, I just don't want it. It makes me uncomfortable. Be happy with your reasons, know your reasons. Um, but I think for me, I was more like, I'm looking for key characteristics, but I didn't get too super narrow. Um, you know, could I have met someone different that would have gone maybe the way other direction with that pendulum of like, we pay cash for everything and we never have debt. Um, yeah, I probably could have, I just wanted someone that, you know, like they understood money, they could support themselves. Um, they, you know, weren't, they didn't project themselves as I'm completely clueless when it comes to like, you know, being an adult and managing money and I, don't, I just can't figure it out. Um, so you kind of know, like have those, you know, guiding principles you're looking for. But with me, there had to be some freedom in there. Um, and I talk to, you know, my clients all the time about that, of looking for something super specific, um, you rule out a lot, but yes, like with your point to the apples, um, it's not settling. It's just, I think you, you have different, you have like the boundary of what you're looking for, but you realize there's a lot of things that can fall within that boundary. Um, when you're, when you're meeting someone and, and look, talking about how they view money and how you view money, um, there's, there can be freedom within boundaries. Yeah. And it sounds like with, it's not opposing viewpoints, it's room to grow and stretch. You learn from each other. You know, there are spaces where, you know, there, there, there are opposing viewpoints where you might be having a conversation with someone and being like, no, this isn't going to work. And then there are situations where you have, he knows something about some information that you don't know about. And you're like, oh, interesting. Is this something that I can add to my information and actually grow as a person and expand as a person? And that's a good partner and vice versa, where we can like, you don't want to, if we stopped growing as people at a certain point in our life, then we'd be bored. <laughs> like we want to be able to grow. Um, so when I'm thinking about our listeners, like, and, and our listeners are, you know, successful single women, you know, so they're like killing it in most areas of their life. And 
And with that comes a lot of, we, we dig through a lot of like lies and stories that, that we get told by society about, about why they're not, why we're not going to be able to find somebody because, you know, we are this way. Right. So we get told a lot of lies. Like if you're too successful, you know, if you're too independent of a woman, if you're too wealthy of a woman, then a guy's not going to, he's going to feel threatened by you or emasculated by you. So I'd love to like peel apart a little bit of that. Um, those like stories um, with you. Do you, do you agree with that? What do you think? I think we all tell ourselves stories all the time. Like humans love to tell stories and we love to assign meaning to everything and that is such a downfall sometimes. And in particular with like single women, like you mentioned, they're told they're too successful or they make too much money and that's intimidating. Um, I have kind of a little, little, it's not really a story, but okay. So when I was in my young twenties, I did not have a lot of money. Um, it, I, I wasn't even that successful. Like I didn't have a college degree yet at that point because I went later in life and all that stuff. But I can't count the number of times I had men and women tell me they were intimidated by me. And I had this epiphany recently when that memory came back of being told I was intimidating. And I just thought, well, that's 100% on them. That's how they're perceiving me. I have also had people tell me that I'm sweet and I'm friendly. So I can choose to be like, you know what? Some people might find, because I'm very direct. That's just the way I am. Um, so some people might be intimidated by that at first. But the people that actually told me they were intimidated were friends of mine, were coworkers, were people that once they kind of got ooh, over that, like, ooh, I get butterflies in my stomach. I'm not quite sure about this girl. Um, you know, it, I took that to be like, that was, that was on them. And it had nothing to do with me, but then we would develop and grow a relationship. So the people that are willing to stick past maybe those things that you think are going to put them off, like I'm successful or I make more money than he does or whatever it is. Like um, my husband was really into real estate investing even before I met him and I wasn't. And now I work with women that maybe they're the real estate investor and they're wanting to meet someone. And ideally, they want to meet someone that's a real estate investor because that is a play for their wealth building and they want a partner in that. And my counsel to them is always, OK, yes, look for your ideal. But for me, like I was at least open, like you said, it's that knowledge bank. You're open to, oh, you're, you have information and knowledge I don't have. And I'm intrigued by that and I want to know more. Um, but yeah, the telling the stories, start recognizing them for what they are. And then also maybe look at things that give you more life. Like has someone told you, but you're a really sweet friend, but you always think to give compliments, but you always do this. Like those are stories too, but those can like help like reaffirm, like you're not just intimidating. You're not just like, they, that's, that's a hundred percent on the other people. They kind of need to get over that. I love that. I, I made Allison say that before she came on the show. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so we chat first and I'm like, oh no, we're in alignment. You need to come on the show. We're going to, we speak the same language. Yeah. So um, if there is something that I feel like you're looking back at yourself, you know, when you were out there and you were dating and, you know, you talked when we spoke before about like your journey that got you to your now husband and, and you spoke about how you did meet him later you know, and you found each other later, like, 
like, what was that transformation like for you when you felt like you got to the point where you were like, okay, now I'm actually looking back on it. I became ready. What was the change? I had um, taken, well, I don't know if I purposely took time off from dating, but I got to the point where I was in my late twenties. I probably was 29. So you're approaching a big birthday. You're going to be 30. And I thought, I really desire a relationship. I envision myself being married. I see companionship. I knew I wanted that. So one thing I would definitely want to say to your listeners is don't apologize for wanting a relationship and companionship. Like if you want that, acknowledge that. Then there's the piece of you can't control other people. So you have to be open to the process and patient. Um, I had to realize, okay, I'm 29. I've lived in this community and I have great friends where I was living at the time. I had been asked out one time in the year I had lived there. And I thought, okay, but I have a super active social life. So why was I only asked out one time? And I thought I need to do some different things. And so that led to me calling it the year of new experiences. And I tried, oh, I love that. I tried, this is good. Yeah. I tried all sorts of different things. I uh, was like, I'm going to try volunteering. I think I might want to get into running. I'm going to try doing running. Um, I did a bunch of online dating. I did, I signed up for a service that really wasn't online. They, they're kind of like a matchmaking service, but they were blind dates. They would set you up on. Like, I was just like, I got to be open. I got to meet people because it's not happening in my current social circle. Great friends, lots of friends that were men. But honestly, when I thought through my male friends, I was like, I really can't see myself dating them. And again, you want to tell your listeners, like, don't settle. Like, I am the type of woman that knows, like, if, if I'm not feeling it, if I like, there's been, there were a couple friends where I was like, oh, I'm kind of interested in him, but he never like indicated back. And so again, you can't control other people. So then I was like, well, I need to find someone that, you know, I'm interested in them pursuing me. I don't want to feel like, oh, maybe this friendship will grow into love. I knew that about myself. I knew I was not the type of person that a friendship could grow into love. Now, some of your listeners may be that type. I just knew that about myself that I wasn't. Um, so I pursued this year of new experiences. It got exhausting and tiresome. And you feel like you're having the same conversation over and over and over again when you're meeting new people because it's small talk. But I, you know, so I'd take some time off and then I'd come back to it. And um, I actually, I met my husband online. So that can work, but it doesn't have to be the only way. Um, but it was after I was online for almost a year that we were matched. So there, I always I mean, say, you say that, right. You say that, first of all, I met my husband online too. Yeah. And my, my partner who didn't get to meet cause Jen is home with her newborn, but um, Jen met her husband at a speed dating event. So yes, year of the, all, both of us, same thing year of, it was a mindset shift. We, so that came first, the mindset shift came first, the openness came right after that. So a hundred percent, you're speaking our language for sure. And then yes, within a year. So if you have, it really is, if you have, and when you think about it in the grand scheme of things, a year is not that long to be like, if you're ready to go through the process, if you say to some people like, are you, are you willing to give it just one more year? Yeah. Yeah. And you learn, I, le I learned a ton about myself through that process. By the end yeah. of that year, I was much more efficient and less apologetic. 
Um, I would go through profiles and I'd be like, yes or no, I either like your pictures or I don't. Like I didn't get too lost in what they wrote. I thought, well, first off, I'm gonna have to look at this person I'm gonna marry, so I better like how they look. So I got much more efficient about just clicking through photos and being a yes or a no, which Tinder didn't exist. So I know Tinder is like, that's all swiping and photos and, but I can't speak to that. I did it a, a little bit differently, you know, eight years ago. Um, but I did get more efficient through that year. And I also realized you guys can email and text all you want, but until you talk to that person on the phone, until you talk to them in person, you can't make any real decisions because you are probably going to marry someone you want to be in the same room with having face-to-face conversation, which is different than texting and emailing. We do the same. Yeah. So that's the same with us as well, where it's like, you've got to get to the date. You've got to start getting in, you know, now it's a little bit harder with social distancing, but even get a video date going, like get, get them in front of you. Cause they'll, cause some people will text you forever. Yes. Yes, they will. And, that's and for them. And you'll never, hear the, them. you'll never hear the sound of their voice. And, right. and you'll never know that some of them have their wife lying right next to them while they're texting you. That's <laughs> terrible, but true. Yeah. Yes. So, um, I, if there's one takeaway that you would like to share with our listeners, something, something either like financial, anything like that you, that you feel like I learned this thing and I want, I want to give this to you. And then we're going to plug how you can find Allison in our, in our notes as well. And you can tell them as well, like where they can find you on here too. Yeah. Super. Um, I have a couple little nuggets, but I guess the one thing that my husband and I were talking about actually just today was about like things we want our daughter to know about dating and she's three. So she's super far away from it. Super far away. Oh, you're not telling her you're not talking to her about dating. Not yet. Not yet. She's super far away from it, but we have a daughter and I've just seen a lot of pitfalls both in myself and in other women. I know friends I have and what we would tell her. And we can, we came down to, um, my, my thing was people will treat you to the standard you hold them to. And my husband echoed that with, he's like, this is going to sound weird, but I'm going to go Tony Robbins. And he's like, raise your standards. So it was very much like we can empower her when she gets just a little bit older to even start realizing like people will treat you to the level that you kind of hold them to. Um, and, and to not, she should not be afraid of having her standards She's still going to be able to be a kind and genuine and loving human being, but she's going to know what her non-negotiables are. She's going to know what her standards are. Yeah. And you, just like you said, you could still be kind. And I think that's where we, we go. We have to be either, we think we have to be passive or harsh and that's not true. You can just be super kind and loving and caring and, and be that way with yourself as well. Like you don't have to be a pushover mm-hmm. to be kind. I love that. Exactly. I love that. Yep. So Allison, where can we find you? Yeah. I'd love to connect with any of your listeners. Uh, primarily I speak uh, well to all women, but it's about money and wealth strategies. We talk a little bit about real estate investing because that's where we kind of have a lot of our focus on Facebook. You can search in the groups feature, just search for simple and powerful wealth wisdom for women. I'd love to have any of you join my group. Um, Yeah. Facebook is my main medium. I also have a website that's just simply allisonbrown.com. That's Allison with one L. 
And I, yeah, I, I love talking about dating and empowerment, but I, I focus more on wealth, but dating and empowerment was a huge thing for me, a huge thing. I love it. I love it. And guys, listen, if you, any of you listeners have something that you want to come on and talk about where you and your businesses are empowering women, that's what we are about, rising each other up. Reach out to us at support at SuccessfulSingleFemale.com and let us know. And we also decided that we're going to be doing, especially now during COVID times, some small business shout outs. So if you are a women-centered small business and you want us to do some small business shout outs at the start of our podcast, send us an email again at support at successful singlefemale.com and let us know about your business. And we're going to give you a shout out at the beginning of our podcast. So thank you, Allison, so much for coming out, talking to us about some dating stuff and some finance and wealth and girls go out there. I'm sorry, women. I don't like to call us girls. <laughs> women go out there, get your wealth. Don't, and don't play it down. Like be, be loud, proud, have that money, walk into those dates and have that money that you have. All right. Pick up the chat, girl. Yeah. All right. It was so nice connecting with you, Allison. Thank you. Everyone have a great day. All right. Thanks, Amy. Bye. Thank you for listening to Successful, Single, and Not Willing to Settle, the podcast. Can't get enough of us? Follow us on Instagram at Successful Single Female. Check out our website at www.successfulsinglefemale.com or check us out on YouTube at Successful, Single, and Not Willing to Settle. Have a wonderful day and don't forget to not settle.